spidey senses tingling. Yellow. He's been working so hard. He's been punching my card. Eight hours for what? Oh, tell me what I've got. It's Slim, the host of the Paper Keg Podcast, episode 144. Welcome to the show. Uh, Paperkeg.com. Biggest podcast about comics to ever come out of Pennsylvania. That's just facts. No dispute. Uh, we talk about the books we're reading as friends. And we'll do a book club. Every week we all read the same book and talk about it. This week, the end of the effing world. Thanks for tuning in. You know, maybe this is your first time listening to a podcast. Welcome. Uh, you're in for a wild, delightful treat. We'll introduce the hosts of the show. We're all fathers. Spoilers. Um, our fourth host that passed away was not a father, but we'll always think of him. R.I.P. Mark. Any money that he would have had for a kid, he spent on his man room before he died. <laughs> Uh, Dale underscore A He's a father He is one of the best Cranium players I've ever seen In person He is a Twitter celeb uh, Welcome to the show It's uh, great to be here tonight Fellas It's uh, a heck of a weekend You know And, I, and, and, and I've been embattled With this chest sinus thing For going on three weeks now It's a uh, it just it's good to see you guys. Maybe for the last time. Spoilers. Heavy stuff. Death spoilers. I got this Red Bull Blue edition too. That's Get not even legal show. in New Jersey, I don't think. Red Bull Blue. I may have bought it uh over uh, state lines. Uh <laughs> speaking of illegal and near death. Jonesy loves beer. Con- constantly consistent near death. You set the Guinness World Record last week for most coughs needing to be edited out of a podcast. <laughs> and uh, the trophy is here. It's in my apartment. It was handed to me by the Guinness people. You're you're looking very white this week, so I'm very happy about that. Welcome back to the show, Jonesy. Yeah, this is actually my normal, uh, normal pallor. Uh, no need to adjust your YouTube uh, or your monitor contrast. Uh, big news. I know we don't do news Whoa. anymore, but you know what, what this week celebrates 30 years of? You guys know? Footloose. <laughs> oh, my God. Let's dance. I have a maroon tux picked out. You guys have no idea right now. No daddies will be telling me no dancing in this town tonight. Mm. 
just enhanced so many commutes right now. Uh, thank you for having me. Man, hard stop at the end there, too. You just cut that right <laughs> off. <laughs> it was like the letter sounder. You know, I actually did know that. I, was, I saw a big production on The Tonight Show with that Fallon character, and they, they redid the whole dance montage. That was quite good. Anywho, comics podcast that we do. This is not Footloose uh, retrospective not, yeah. as much as we maybe will do that after the show. <laughs> uh, Burn in the yarn. Big book club, big departure for us. You know, we did four straight episodes of Marvel Bliss, and now we we took a, a one eighty into the alternative world of comic books that we don't venture into often. I'm very excited, very yeah. excited. Yeah, feels good. I don't know how Jones is going to handle it. I don't know how he's going to handle. We'll find it. out you know, later in the a show. A lot of people probably think we're just going to follow our Lord and Savior. Justice H. Christ into the end, to the ends praise of the him. earth. But praise him. May be praised, but you know what? We're not all about that. We're we're no. We're about everything. The end of the effing world is our book club. We'll get into that in about twenty odd minutes. But we need to Maybe talk sooner. about books that we've read. Hopefully, I don't know if Dale has has read anything. Book club included. Um, Jonesy loves beer. Footloose historian. Your face just got even whiter. I don't know how it's possible. <laughs> the iPad that you just powered on is sucking all the energy out of the state of Pennsylvania right now. Neil deGrasse Tyson is doing a special on 10 cable channels on the... Episode 4, Jonesy's face. Jonesy's interstellar young... The electromagnetism... Is that Neil Grassy Tyson? I'm not, I'm not familiar. I have no idea what he sounds like, so I had to generate my own uh, accent. What did you read this week, All right, please? All right, so the book I'm, talk- I'm going to talk about is Sovereign mm. by Chris Roberson, art by our dear friend Paul Mayberry. Uh, this is a image title. It departs from recent image titles, and it's not about you know sex or violence or being flashy. Sounds terrible. And, uh, it's... In the vein of Tolkien and George R. R. Martin, the first step of an epic fantasy story, uh, three tales are told, uh, one being uh, that of the Luminaires. They're kind of like a religious order that kind of gets ambushed in um, the Lowlands. Uh, the next is about a, a prince who uh, does not like his title or position, the finally uh, suddenly finds out that he has become the king overnight. And the third about a boat full of refugees uh, being attacked at sea. And the only uniting thread they have is that the dead all over the world are coming back to life. What? And uh, it's it's cool. It's uh, sword and sorcery. Mm. And uh, a little, you know, there's, you know, the nautical coolness there. And, that uh, phrase is amazing. Nautical coolness. Nautical, nautical coolness. <laughs> uh, it's a. It's. I can't describe it because, it, and it, it does have 
some back matter explaining like the religious nature of the first eight pages that you kind of need to get it. And I don't know how well that's going to hook people in if they have to read the comic and then read supporting material right in issue number one. Uh, but that's kind of like up my alley, so I enjoyed it. Uh, I just hope it uh, it does well because I'm interested to see alley coolness if it can most likely <laughs> if it can uh, you know own up to its uh, inspirers mm. if you will. When was the last time you read? Was this Image? It was. When was the last time you read an Image book you didn't like? Be honest mm. with us, right? Yeah, now. really. <laughs> never is never. How a time much frame? are they paying? Never you. a clock. Jonesy loves Image. I'm just saying it's one of the big two. <laughs> What's your big two? Is it tomorrow? Image and image. Uh, Jonesy's face is the top of the eye and image. Bright, <laughs> shining, beacon. Oh, my God. The Photoshop that's going to happen saying, tonight know, after this episode. the eye of Sauron where I look, and I just shine light wherever I look yeah. off my face. Wolf of Wall Street is going to have to wait, Slim. You have more important <laughs> things to do. Oh, God. Yeah, by the way, can I just say I love the way you say wolf. If you could say it again for Wolf us. of Wall Street. What? Wolf. Wolf of Wall Street. A wolf of Wall Street. You should have seen Dale underscore A playing Cranium last night. We we got together like old times. Oh, my God. Playing board games, having caramel vodkas. And he was a hoot with that clay, the singing, the dancing. Jones, you played Cranium, haven't you? Each game lasts at least five I hours, I think. Oh, it, at least. Horrifying. Um... Uh, but we need to move on. Enough fun games Absolutely. for one show. Yeah. Please, just we don't have time for it. Cut it. Magnus, Robot Fighter. What? From Dynamite. Dear friends at Dynamite. Now, um, when people were, when Valiant restarted and they did all their fancy books and they had all the new properties coming out, Magnus used to be one of those properties that people were asking when it was going to come back. And... I think what shocked the comic world is that Dynamite scooped up those rights to the to that universe. They're called the Gold Key books. So Dynamite puts out these books that are in the same kind of tone as the new Valiant books. You know, new universe, easy for you to kind of jump in and learn about this new universe and enjoy it. So Magnus is one of those books where um, it starts out with this guy who's kind of the town teacher uh, he it looks like they live in the mountains but it's it's the future but it's the near future it's like 2046 so they have you know some pretty cool holographic technology for like computer screens for the kids and they have this almost karate class session that he also teaches where the they have these robot assistants that are kind of like c-3po's type deals so we're like sort of advanced enough to have robot helpers that communicate with you but we're still very old school. They have a mechanic that's working on one of these machines and, you know, it's very old school um, town. And maybe like there's like a hundred people in it, but they have this kind of advanced technology. And he was a, he says he was raised by this robot one a who I guess was the main artificial intelligence for the, for the school, for the town. He's like their operating system. He references at one point, he kind of looks like he's, an older version of this guy. So he's like his dad. He has like a face in the middle of the machine and he follows him around. And, uh, at one point the town is attacked by robots and Magnus wakes up in his superhero suit in almost a matrixian, uh, 
room. So it turns out, at least to my eyes, that the main robot father to this guy was giving him this fake life as he was held up in captivity. So they're breaking into this room that he was in, kind of living this fake life. And the robot father says, you know, like, you know, if you have, if you've ever loved me, you need to get out of here. We'll meet again in central, in central city. I think he calls it. So Magnus like gets the heck out of there before they catch him. And he runs out into the middle of the city and it's like Blade Runner style. He's never seen the city before. There's flying cars and he's about to ask for help, but part of like his, I guess, superhero ability is he can see who are robots, and everyone in the city is essentially a robot. It's like a they live scene wow. where he see he's wearing the glasses. So he goes to um, this main building. He sees the sign for what his father quote told him to go to. So he goes there. He's like, I'm looking for you know so and so, and the robot behind the counter is like, Oh, just answer this quick question. It's almost like a captcha. They ask him to, to say this word out loud, and they hear his voice, and they do an, a retina scan. He's unregistered. So they all attack him, and uh, he meets another female who turns out to be human, and he's shocked. He's like, oh, finally, another human. And it turns out that she's like the police chief, and they arrest him. <laughs> it was a great first issue. I was wow. I loved it. I, I was actually really shocked. It's, uh, it's our boy Fred Van Lent. Van oh, Lenty. <clears throat> and... Uh, great first issue i thought it was just a fantastic first issue to to throw you into the universe i'm totally down for more that's cool i uh wow that's magnus was always something that was there and there was a lot of it and i just was yeah you can buy like 30 cent issues in a yeah flea market yard sale i just could never just kind of even dip my toe in because it was already there and just felt like it was his own niche thing that I would never be a part of, but maybe with a Van Lenty behind it. Mm. It's your boy. Is the Gold Key universe a shared universe, or is it just... I do believe it's a shared universe. Mm. Torok is in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think there's like a Dr. Spectre book that Mark Wade is writing. Really? And Solar is being written by Barbary. Yeah, Solar. Five Ghosts. That's it. I have not read that one. So F- F- Magnus is, has been on my iPad for like, it feels like two months that that book has been out. So I finally sat down and read it. And I was kind of hopeful that I'd waited so long. There was a second issue that I could just hop into, but not yet. So high recommendation for Magnus. It's cool how I think, and now I, I wonder if this, the perception, don't get me wrong, is if you have a new property that you'd like to get off the ground, you tap Van Lenty. He seems to be kind of like oh, the yeah, guy. I would agree to that. Who can do that? You know what he I mean. He did that with GI Joe. Yeah, remember that? Archer and Armstrong, right? Didn't he? Mm-hmm. And I think he's actually doing another Gold Key book too. He's oh yeah, too. Guys all over. Yeah, good stuff. Re- Reboot Maestro, as Jonesy would call him. Jonesy, what are you doing right now? The there? voice of a rebootian generation. Oh my gosh. But his voice travels at the speed of light, so it's actually it's interpreted from the dwarf star in the middle of his... The I middle of the eye, the dotted eye that is Jonesy's face in the image yeah. logo. Dale underscore A, you've been a busy man. I don't know how you do it. Your father of two. Um, Family dinner today, cranium last night. What? How, do you find jury duty? how do you have the energy? Jury duty, I mean... And I think you have a job. I don't even know. You work from home a lot. 
never met anyone that you work with, as far as I know. What did you read this week? What did you allegedly? What did you allegedly read while you allegedly had free time? I read, get this, Miss um, Marvel number two. What are you drinking? A forty ounce <laughs> Slim. <laughs> Sorry to the audience. I, I got a canteen as a gift uh, for my birthday, and there's there's my my Mio special is in there. Been working so hard, Miss <laughs> Marvel number two. Mm. Kamala Khan is uh, comes from a. Uh, a very religious upbringing. Um, and at the end of issue one, if you read issue one, she was gifted, question mark, the powers of her idol, Ms. Marvel, in some sort of foggy, hazy, living dream. But in fact, issue two comes around and she does in fact have powers and the art, absolutely stunning. Mm-hmm. The uh, the powers, I, I'm um, hmm, I don't know. It's a it's a different take. It's kooky. She uh, she sa- she ends up saving a girl from her high school from drowning because she can't swim. I guess she just fell in some water. Well, she was drunk. I think she was drunk drowning. Um, Classic. And, you know, she broke curfew. She's 16 or 17. She's got, you know, strict parents. She's, and her, the, the title is going to be about her coping with this, um, this power that she's been gifted against the backdrop of her religious family. And, um, it goes some wack. Her powers go some wacky places, right? Nobody's paying attention does. to what I'm saying. I was, I was waiting for you to give a break so I could jump in. The so I was just you just talking about this. She has powers thanks to the Terrigan Mist or whatever the heck you want to call it that the Inhumans are responsible for. So she is essentially an Inhuman now. She's not a mutant. Oh. That's how the the main Inhuman book that is delayed. But this the gist is. Marvel Universe is now going to have all these regular folk that have superpowers because they got touched by the mist. Aha. And originally, I didn't know that. Originally, I thought, well, I, I think I did, but she essentially has like scr- a scrawlish powers, like that that one scroll character that could manipulate all superheroes. I, I can't remember what that guy's name was, yeah. but Super Scroll, I think is. Uh, yeah, I'm an idiot myself. You're I couldn't even think of Super Scroll. So she gets these powers, and I, in her head, she wanted to be just like Captain Marvel. So when the powers manifest, she looks and is Captain Marvel. And she can do other things. Her hand, like, grows and stuff. So in my head, she's essentially like a female super scroll from South Jersey, or Jersey City. <laughs> South Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> because I think she is from Jersey City. Yeah, she is and, from Jersey City. And I, I loved it. I loved how, like, her monologue in her head about how, you know, she hates the costume because, I guess, superhero women don't wear underwear. And it's going to be, I can't wait to see how she evolves and creates her own costume based on, you know, how she she was, like, freaked out by this is all Miss Marvel wears and stuff. I think you just made me like the book more by saying it was, like, a scroll power. I'm thinking the whole time that, sh- that I'm on some trip in the Terrigan Mist with her, 
and she shrinks at some point, and then she just gets this over-large, disproportionate-sized hand, and it really freaked me out, and I didn't know what was happening. But You hate large hands. That's just a thing they, that you just, have. They're disturbing. They're disturbing. And, But if she has the power of... Because that kind of explains why she can possibly manipulate the way her costume looks because she mm-hmm. by the time she snuck back in her home she looked her, herself again when her brother caught her right but that that okay but yeah her inner monologue during the whole time it was it was a cool book because there was uh, some superhero superhero stuff in it but it's still her struggling with what just happened in the uh, in the first issue and uh, it was it was really witty. It, I mean, the dialogue and the writing is really witty and it's ref- like refreshing. Yeah, and you could see how she acts her age, where she doesn't even tell her parents about what happened because they're so strict, and she's afraid how they'll react. Mm-hmm. So she, she keeps it a secret. I'm the whole I, the whole issue is great. I loved it. I just wish it wasn't a monthly book. Like I, I think I'm just growing to loathe monthly books now. Like I want more really? of that book. Yeah, I just. I gotta wait oh, another because you're four so weeks. used to the two yeah. weeks. I guess so. I, yeah, maybe that. Maybe that's why. Like, I, the bi-monthly schedule has trained me to be like, Ugh, I gotta wait four weeks for another twenty pages of this. We're gonna have the Tumblr brief for it and probably. Uh, I'm gonna ask him on Tumblr so fast. Give him some numbers. Tell him if he's gonna be paying Benda six six hundred k according to Jonesy Loves Beer. <laughs> now, is there a tinge of like Superman's secret identity in this title? I mean, admittedly, I haven't picked it up. Admittedly, I haven't been listening to anything you just said. (laughs) No. No, no, no. Come on. Now it's going to come out that I hate uh, women because I didn't buy the new Captain Marvel or some such nonsense. Uh, But, you know, know, he had the the meteor shower that allowed him to manipulate his own powers and, you know, it kind of went in this totally different direction of a classic Superman story. I think there is a hint of that, yeah. It tickles my tickles. I can see that you're tickled. By any kind of secret identity connection. I'm tickled bright, shining white. Can't you see that? <laughs> it's quite a tickle. But yeah, Miss Marvel, I, I mean, this is the book that they need to just push everywhere. And actually, now that I think about it, I forgot to tweet this because I was driving. I heard a Marvel radio ad for Marvel really? Now. Yeah, on the way to Pennsylvania on Saturday morning, just a generic dude reading like quotes from Marvel Now, like Daredevil number one. Matt Murdock goes to San Francisco, and then there was, I think, Captain Marvel, or Miss Marvel was one of them. I was like, holy ass. Wow. I don't think I've ever heard a comic book company do a radio ad like that, maybe even except for the New 52. Wow, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. It was really awesome. I don't. I think they just advertised like Marvel.com or something to mm. find out more. Um, but, but the, I mean, you got to, well, for, first I wanted to talk about the bi-monthly. If, if not Miss Marvel, it seems like every book I read, which makes sense because they're all the hits are all bi-monthly so i need something to be monthly i mean and if it's miss marvel then so be it can't keep it's hard for me to keep negotiating up. the mortgage rates as we speak <laughs> i mean you don't even know what i'm trying Guys, to do it's a monthly book there's, a, Bank there's of an America. accountant there's an accountant under dale right now with like a sharp knife towards his ankle You're telling right. him to say these things and <laughs> green visor on <laughs> It's creamed by two but two sentences. Are, no, the art yeah, we don't colors have though. The art and colors is Marvel. Art and colors bi monthly, single. Two monthly. sentences or less. Lightning round. Love monthly. No one knows what Jonesy's been doing this entire show. His head has been down. 
into the white orb that is his face and iPad Can screen. you even tell what direction my head is in? My face is so We bright? can see where those eyes are going. That's the only thing. We're beady little eyes in the supernova. They are he's beady, like, guys. He's like the right. sun from Teletubbies. <laughs> Just change my name to Jonesy Loves Squints. What else did you read? Two sentences or less, Jonesy Loves Beer. Daredevil issue number one. Uh, is it possible to reboot perfection and get another round of perfection? I answer ye yay. Sex crims. Number five. Some realism is brought to the world of butt stuff, but I'm not sure I like it. I didn't agree. Uh. <clears throat> Asusto, number one. A group of field workers gathered together in a bar after a long day working in the fields telling ghost stories. One of the workers leaves for the night and embarks on the long journey back to his home across the haunted fields. Beautiful digital first. 99 cents for the first issue. Check it out. T-E-O-T-F-W. Charles Forsman. Alt Comics. The next. Comics X. Comics. Jonesy Loves Beer. Lead us into this journey. So, who here remembers being a teenager? Every day of my life. These teens have problems, y'all. I I see it. I'm with you. (laughs) I'm feeling your yes more than I'm seeing it. I'm feeling that yes. So, here we have a case study of two teenagers headed down the wrong path. Uh, We have a young man who, at a young age, realizes that he has sociopathic behavior you know he realizes he can't empathize with other people has no sense of humor uh, as a preteen he sticks his hand into a garbage disposal and feels nothing so he's a scarred on the inside scarred on the outside being kind of adrift uh, and can only really show anger usually at his father and after one of these episodes, he decides to split and ends up being the first love slash crush of another troubled young lady who decides they're going to leave together. They become petty criminals. During one of their jaunts, they break into a nice established home uh, in which uh, they find some, I don't know if you want to call it, pagan paraphernalia and a plan begins to form a violent release if you will the gentleman comes home and they do the deed well rather the the sociopath does a deed he slits the guy's throat 
a cop, a lady cop, chases them. And lo and behold, the lady cop is a pagan herself. Finally, we have the young lady starting to shake it out. Start to realize this is not the path she wants. This guy is not right in the head. And when it finally comes to the only way it can, we realize why it's the end of the effing world. (laughs) The hand motions will have to be watched on YouTube for that. And there's a lot of adult sexual situations to there be. are yeah we all remember teen hood teen hood yeah i'm not even sure if teen hood's a word but you all feel it teen hood too now on mtv um i want to hear what jonesy thought of this book this is totally out i think of all of our comfort zones out of our teen hood comfort zones uh i loved it i loved mm-hmm. it it uh, i could see this as a feature film uh, and and I, it, it almost feels like the way he did it, it was shot for shot, a feature film. Uh, like the him growing up at the beginning, I could see there's like staccato montage explaining his, you know, psychopathic behavior. Uh, and I think that much like Natural Born Killers, this could be also framed as a love story. And uh, right up to the ending where she kind of comes back to reality but still shows that bit of defiance and you know writes takes that hot nail and writes his name in her arm like uh, it's very cinematic and uh i think it i think i'm a a little generation departed from this because i think there's a lot of today's youth in it but i think uh it reaches out to a lot of people and for even someone who's not the target audience to appreciate it so much for what it was uh i think this is a a great graphic novel i I actually i was going to ask you if the story continues is there a second part to this i don't think so i think it was originally serialized as uh in i think 18 parts so we read it as a completed work but other people had to read it and you know in a serialized form yeah I the only thing that I thought was a I don't want to say cop out but kind of took me a little out of it was we know James is going to be a psychopath and he's going to have to let it out at some point what was the pagan angle and why did we never learn any more about it because it almost was presented as a way to make him be able to kill but also be a a hero because it was obvious that he had done human sacrifice uh so to kill to have him kill a bad guy made him not exactly maybe just an anti-hero not really a bad guy but i wonder why they didn't take that step because it's not like they were afraid to go into the darkness so i wonder why they didn't make the hero totally unmake himself during the story that was strange I mean, i'm not saying it was bad it's just not where i expected the story to go anybody else feel the same way as they were reading or am i off base here no i didn't i thought this the i thought the satanist story was going to end after they slit his throat in the bedroom i didn't expect that to be kind of a the 
final plot as well, right? I guess depending on your interpretation. I think that when I was reading it, I thought it was going to be that still very real teenage, you know, how does a, how did two kids grow up in a world where their parents didn't give them any kind of love that they needed. But I think the, the Satanist storyline was like a weird parallel track that I wasn't expecting. And I think when you saw the chick take off her shirt and show the, the tattoo, I, I felt like it went out of, the believability into a place that I wasn't expecting. I was like, whoa, this story just took a different turn than I was expecting. And it still kept the realistic teenage, you know, um, storyline throughout the entire thing. But there was always that subplot of that, that Satanist chick looking for revenge, which was very strange in my, in my view. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't know if, um, I don't know. You know, I don't know why it was put in there. Maybe, you know, a couple initial reactions would be, you know, maybe that was the, originally the trigger to help you still relate to a crazy James. Like, the reader can relate more to James having to kill this Satanist and still maybe be sympathetic because he, you know, he's had these urges that he, He's wanted to do something like this for a long time. I, I don't know. And then uh, I also think maybe it was a, I don't know, a means to an end. Like maybe the, the Satanist plot helped speed the ending along to a more manageable conclusion. conclusion. I mean, it, it definitely allowed for the climax of the the story, you know, him running away from the pagan cop. It kind of made me feel like Dexter. I don't know if you guys ever watched that show, but, you know, where the guy's clearly evil, but he directs his evil in a way to help rather than hurt society. Uh, I mean, because it it could have just as easily been just a a female cop on on his tail the whole time, and it could have ended nearly the same way. But she was almost out for... She was doing it more for revenge for the uh, the guy who was killed than for the law. So, what, what were your overall thoughts on the book, Dale? Uh, I loved it. I really did. I I think like Jonesy Jonesy made a good point when he said maybe he's a generation removed from kids kind of filtering or funneling their feelings into ways like this. You know, and maybe uh, I, I, I think he hit the nail on the head and he helped um, kind of focus my thought as well. I, but it didn't make it didn't take away anything from the book. Like you felt the angst and the the trouble that James and Alyssa were both experiencing the whole time. I mean, I thought it, I thought it was an excellent excellent read, and the uh, the art and the story just felt. Like it all matched up and it made perfect sense. Like it was a perfect marriage of art and dialogue. Yeah, I think if this book had had superhero art, I don't think I would have liked it nearly as as much as I did with the cartooning. Uh, I really appreciated it for its simplicity because it's really letting the story tell the story rather than the art tell the story. 
I, I, I mean, I just, I, it was really cool how, uh, what was the guy's name? Charles Forsman. Charles Forsman. He, he wrote this interaction between James and Alyssa, like superbly, and you know how Alyssa at times is almost repulsed by James, but still needs him. Mm-hmm. Like there's still that deeper love there. Like when James is going to let the old man who's driving kind of diddle him. And Alyssa's like completely taken aback. Like why in the F would you do something like that? You're creepy for letting that guy want to do that. And then she's turned off. But at the same time, that love is still there. And they still kind of like need to find and be with each other. And I thought the whole book from beginning to end had had that feeling like they were always supposed to be together right as yeah as effed up as it is and they're 17 or whatever i think the i think my favorite chapter and our section kind of highlights your point and that's uh living with i don't know if it's living with dad is what it's called but they stumble upon Alyssa's biological father and right there, they have a chance for redemption. You know, they can they can live there. You know, the, the, Alyssa's father kind of takes James under his wing. You know, uh, he is himself like an ex-convict who has like mental instability issues. So he sees that in James and kind of tries to direct him the only way he knows how. Like tries to direct those urges and kind of kind of wants to see this kid give his daughter a good life as strange as that may seem for a father to think that about two teenagers and i can't help but thinking if they would have just given up you know their their dreams as it were and stayed there if it could have been a different life for them and that's always one of the best places to go in a story like this where you give the characters a chance a decision to make and to watch them make the wrong one you know, tugs at your heartstrings because there was the right one the whole time. God, his poor hand, too. That father. Yeah. Thank God. What was the um, the smell that they were always talking about in that father's home? Was he smoking weed and they never smelled that before? Because there was like smoke. I guess what was he drew was smoke billowing out from the other yeah. part of that door. And then when you, when you do see him asleep, he was smoking something. Um, but I, w- I just thought that that like was going to lead to something, but it never did. Yeah, it almost it was a, a mystery that never kind of. Um, I was waiting for him to be like cooking dead bodies, and that was going to be the big <laughs> reveal. Because everyone in this, I mean, not everyone, but the majority of characters you meet um, have some kind of vile side. Maybe with the exception of that security person. But I yeah, was waiting, was nice like as as sad as it was, I was waiting to see what was wrong with the father, or what was his dark, vile secret that he was, you know, hiding from people. I mean, the the first first character you meet is a Satanist and was murdering people, and the the other dude you meet is this creepy pedo driver mm-hmm. uh, that wanted to diddle him for the for the hitchhike, and I was waiting, like as sad as it was, I was I wanted to see what was wrong with the father, but. He ended up, you know, kind of doing what he thought was best for them, and he he ended up paying for it. I assume he's dead, poor guy. Yeah, but I mean, I I, I didn't know how I felt after I read. It. I just kind of like sat there, um, because it's you know it's a different it's 
it reminded me of Stray Bullets a lot in in that yeah. you know it's not um, who described it as Pulp Fiction was it you Gen Z just did anyone say that or did I dream that no I think he dreamt, I dreamt all right, well let's just call it Pulp Fiction esque in you know you're not supposed to expect any kind of big redemption scene or you're not supposed to you're not, you shouldn't wait for this person to turn a corner and you know become a a Christian right off the bat it's just a very dark real realistic i mean you know maybe not dark just realistic this is kind yeah. of like a real situation that kids can get in maybe there isn't a light at the end of the tunnel but this is just a real glimpse into a portion of someone's life and i don't know there wasn't any kind of happy moment at the end sort of the the the, the james character ended up you know presumably getting murdered or is in prison and beat the crap out of this not this saintness nose lady. She's probably dead too. Yeah. And then the the female is on the path to a new life, but you don't know if she's really going to turn a corner. She carved she, her, she carved his name into her arm. I mean, that's not going away <laughs> right. with a hot nail. Um, but I but I it you know obviously I prefer these kind of stories that make you feel, but then you make you you feel emotions of happiness. This book definitely makes you feel, but I don't know what emotion you're left with at the end. Right. It was certainly yeah. maybe not hope, but but it was it was such a well conveyed. It, now it's weird because you brought up Stray Bullets, which I felt ill after reading. Yeah, you wanted to never do this podcast again. But this, but this left me like pleasantly surprised that I love the story so much even though it's not a happy ending or it's not a happy story it was just the and maybe the art the i think the art style helped it but it it was a well-told story which is totally off base because stray bullis was a well-told story too it was just i don't know it was realer or or what but you're an um, enigma you're a paradox paradox underscore a you hate scalped you want to wipe your rear end with stray bullets, and yet you're ready to prop up the end of the effing world on a banister in your home. Teen it doesn't love. make a lick of sense to me. You know, teen love, like the Bonnie and Clyde, the uh, the book jacket had a couple quotes that were pretty hit the nail on the head, pretty good. Maybe you live this. Maybe this is your teenhood, and that's why you have a special connection. Maybe you I'm were sure. a James character. There's some chick out there with. A uh, hot nail inscription of Dale underscore A on her arm. I was seventeen <laughs> once. You know? Sure, we all were. You probably had those gray hairs when you were seventeen. What was it nineteen sixty three when you were seventeen? I don't even know. <laughs> Me and drive around in a Ford steak body truck with a girl by your side. Uh, but I, I, I really, I, I enjoyed it. But it's a different kind of enjoyment. Where I, I, it is it, very similar to Stray Bullets too, but I think very, very different. Where I don't know I don't know how else to describe it, but very realistic quote slice of life, and I mm-hmm. hate that phrase, but definitely makes you feel something, you know. And who doesn't love that, you know? What I love is that we read it, and what I love is that we knew something about it to read it. Th- and thanks to the internet for that. Thank you, internet. Like, it's uh, something like this. And it's a Fantagraphics book. I mean, Fantagraphics is huge. 
But I think unless you specifically kind of seek it out, seek out Fantagraphics or alternative comics um, subject or news or, or something, like it's not on a, an everyday comic shop goer's radar. You know what I mean? Hmm. Yeah, I agree. And stuff like this can easily get missed because of it. So, Slim, I think you found like a list of the best of 2013, and this was on there. And, and thank goodness for that, because it got some, you know, it got some time to shine on our show. Yeah, I which will I think take we would we credit. would happily do more. You know what? I'm yeah. sorry. Did I talk over your joke? Yeah. Well, no, I wanted I to say I do take full credit for it. I mean, that's sure, not a I joke. I'll take full up. credit. Should never brought for finding this and bringing it. Should have never even of, spoke the words the that show. came out of my mouth, you know, until the recording, so you could take full credit. <laughs> Any closing thoughts? Uh, Jonesy loves beer. Uh, incredible graphic novel. Uh, very quick read, and uh, it's definitely not what you expect when you start flipping through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but by the end, very satisfying story. And uh, like I said, for such a quick read, it can be read less than an hour. It's kind of worth it, your time. Just check it out. Paradox underscore A. And thank God for that because you know, maybe it's Sunday. Maybe it's the afternoon already. Maybe you got a podcast record later that day and you still have family dinner to go to. And the night before you were with friends enjoying a birthday. So, you know, it's a quick read, worth checking out. We got your letters. I'm gonna open them up. Farrington's gonna read them to you. R.I.P. God bless. Letters at paperkeg.com. You want to shoot us in an internet electronic letter? Uh, we might read it on the era. Our uh, first letter comes to us from fast friend of the show, uh, Laura, who uh, writes a letter from beyond the grave. Oh, good for her. She did die. Hi. She did die last episode. She did die last, last episode. Weekly listeners will sepsis. know that she did die. Via <laughs> Jonesy telling her blood. to eat S and die. And it, just, it just happened. Uh, hi, just writing in to let you guys, especially at Jonesy Gold Sexism, know that there's no hard feelings about my sepsis and death. I'm even still listening to Paper Keg. The Prince of Darkness is a big fan of you guys, so he lets us have the podcast going in the background while we shuffle fiery coal, gnash our teeth, and swim around in a lake of hellfire, etc. So here's my question. When are you going to do the rest of Fear Agent? It's a big favorite down mm-hmm. here, and not just because the omnibus <laughs> makes such a great torture implement. <laughs> Heath is a real hero. What with the drinking, spoilers, sex with f- approximately 400 clones, even major spoilers, some old-fashioned genocide. I assume you're saving it for the grain. I'm sorry, the giant episode 200. Regards, Laura. Uh, and she uh, has her at reply address for the fans. Laura at stillflying.net. <laughs> Stillflying. <laughs> Joss. Yeah, when is the fear agent... Grand episode. Oh, my gosh. I'm tearing up right now just thinking about it. 
I don't know. I think we just need to do a live feed of you reading it and release that oh, as an God. episode. What was my Some, my pipe dream was doing an episode a Fear Agent podcast and each episode was one issue. Huh. <laughs> non committal. Non committal Laura in front of the show. They are non committal on a Fear Agent episode. You heard it here first. Golden I mean I I wish I could golden embargo this thing. Fear Agent Maybe two, I mean, 200, how many weeks away is episode 200? Someone do that math. That's a year. 53, that's a year from now. That's a year from now. Maybe a year from now, we'll all have aged, hopefully alive. Hopefully aged a year. Hopefully aged a year. A year older, a year wiser. The night before, uh, last night, we would have been at uh, Slim's party, playing Cranium, a year from now. (laughs) Playing Mind Trap. Mind trap. Uh, we'll see. You know, check back with us a year from now if we're all still friends slash alive. Who can say, really? I think we do it. I mean, I'd be down for doing it. The whole run, Rucka style. Oh God. <laughs> then it gets then it gets uh, put on moratorium, uh, locked into the Disney vault to never be spoken about again. And maybe we have to do the entire run. To do that. You know what I mean? I'm willing to put into the Disney Vault Fear Agent for an episode two hundred spectacular. I'm willing. Well you have it here, folks. Decision made. We have a year to read there it. There it is. Or episode one fifty one. Who knows? You know, we'll see. <laughs> Thanks for the uh, letter, Laura. That's awesome. Uh, good luck down there. Wherever you um, are. Jonesy will probably be down there. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> if I'm here, who's running hell? Uh, Taylor, you have the next letter queued up? Next letter comes from a friend of the show and host of the Skyrim Addict podcast, Mike. At, Love that show. At RenMikeD on Twitter. Hey guys, I was just writing in about a minor show issue. Hmm. Uh oh. I feel like two fine gentlemen are being besmirched regularly. Because of their easy, easily adaptable Twitter names. Yes, I laugh at at misogyny loves beer or at Dale underscore beard. But s- I love that that's a theme now. I love it. But Slim gets away far too easy because he had the foresight to not use a phrase or underscore. What can you really do with four letters? Mm-hmm. Enjoying the show and at eats at eat Slim and die, gents. My, uh, yours truly, Mike. Ren Mike D, no phrase, no underscore. Mm. Well, Slim, I mean, if you want to talk about it, Slim had to like pay some uh, Thai guy, like some Korean guy, $1,000 for at Slim on the Twitter. So, yeah, I mean, he, it was hard fault. If, there, if Jonesy and I had the, the chops and or the money to beg for our... Listen, listen to me. There was no money exchange. That's illegal. That's against Twitter's terms of service, first of all. We're big friends of Twitter here. But there was there was a lot of sleuthing <laughs> taking place for me to get my hands on this name many eons ago. Biker gangs were communicated with. That is a fact. I communicated with a treasurer of a biker gang. Wow. Wow. Uh, I think that might have been a story on a Flap episode. So Dale also is on a podcast called The Flap. Be sure to download that. Mm-hmm. It's one of the best podcasts out there about fatherhood and life and love. Check your uh, feed soon. Huh? I'm laying the groundwork right there, Slim. God willing. 
Loud and willing. Groundwork. If everyone at replies me tomorrow asking where the where the next flap is, we will record a flap this week. Oh man! Take it to the bank. <sighs> Take it to the bank and smoke it. I better go hurry and poop myself for I have something to talk about on the show. Get us some material. <laughs> our uh, our last letter is uh, appropriately titled "When you saw only one set of footprints, that is when justice carried you." <laughs> hey, keggers, it's me, TJ or Tom, or at that movie freak on the twitters, whichever you prefer. Great string of episodes lately, still flying. Thanks to our great Jossus. Amen. Great, great run. I'm disappointed not reading yet. Gotta get on that when I'm less busy. Also love that episode about Mask of the Phantasm. Mm -hmm. You guys maybe want to go home right then and there and watch it again. I'm all for more movie keg episodes. Got a good discussion topic for you guys. It hasn't been vocally stated, but we all know Pete's return to his body is on account of the new movie. It's a it's good for sales, yes, but it also sells short the good things Superior had going on, making it feel less like a series and more a 36-issue troll. This is not the first time it's happened either. <laughs> Do you guys think that Marvel lets their other media, especially their movies, have an effect on their comics too much? Should they tone it down, or do you think it's fine? May justice bless you and keep you, Tom. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have any doubt that it was related to that movie. <coughs> I th- I remember... I think the first time they ever blew it. Well, I think they I think they made I think they regretted like the Marvel Blade movie. I think they made some mistakes with that, but when X-Men was first in theaters, they didn't they were doing the complete opposite. Chris Claremont was was back on X-Men for some reason, and Adam Kubert was drawing one of the titles and he had like the weirdest cast in the book, and they did they wouldn't look anything like the characters you grew up with. They all had different costumes. And that was their main X-Men book when the movie came out. It was like the complete opposite. So if I was an X-Men fan, I was like, I like the movie. Let's see what's going on with the comics right now. I would have thrown that stuff in the garbage. (laughs) No reader-friendly anything. And I think that might have been the last time that they made that mistake. So they probably, I I think it's totally related to the movie. Yeah, I think they, I think Dan, the man, has it in him to tell some definitely good stories with Otto still but um do I I don't know it depends on who you ask it's a business in the end it's all about making that money um so I I'm you know I'm head of Marvel I'm uh, editor-in-chief I'm uh Bob Iger over at uh, Disney Studios you know I'm I'm thinking that yes I would have Peter Parker back as Spider-Man by the time the movie came out. I don't know if they let their other businesses decide too much, but I did. I wasn't reading comics around the time the uh, the X-Men comics were an abomination. I mean, it's it's like the biggest free ad that they could have for Spider-Man comics, probably. So it behooves them. Yeah. Hashtag um, behoove. But maybe it's also a good time, you know. Keep them wanting more. So, are you caught up yet? Um, I think I'm still two behind, mm. two or so behind. Mm. But 
I'm, I mean, I'm ready. I'm not ready, and I'm ready at the same time. It's going to be bittersweet. But this whole run, this whole ride has been bittersweet with uh, Amazing 700 onto Superior Spider-Man. It's been, I mean, one of my favorite comics, bar none. So, I think, you know, it, it might be time. It might not be time, but either way, we're going to love it. Regardless. You're, you're going to... Jay all over the place when Peter's back and you're getting nine varying covers of that first issue. I'll probably look like one of those huge sprinklers that they have out in the middle of a, like a cornfield. Just ka-cha, 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 ka-cha. Uh, What a show we had. What a great show. Yeah, it's a good show. Jonesy, what are you doing over there? Are you doing taxes still? Jonesy, what? I, I, you know what? TurboTax tells me I only have so many days until I have to... Uh, Submit my online taxes, so yeah. yeah. He's got his head down in that Tweetbot app for the past 57 minutes. You guys are brutal. We'll see everybody next week. Lara, we're still here. We're still fine. We're still here. Hypnosis, Tennessee. Oh, wow, 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 wow. Peter Frampt. <laughs> Great man. Rest in peace. <laughs> I saw that guy on the steps of the art museum in Philadelphia. Really? Was he yeah. homeless? Was, was he incredible. just living there? Was he singing or was I'm, he walking up the steps? It, no, he was, uh, he was singing. Oh. Uh, Cecily Tynan. Local news gal, you know, announced him. She announced that he was that's, walking. That must up have the been steps. an awesome show. She announced that I was falling in love with her. That's what she oh, announced. Heavens, hope Cecily. her wife isn't listening. Still flying. She knows. Cecily still flying. <laughs> still flying, Cecily. I would love. That. That's awesome. Still, Peter Frampton at the steps of the. Art yeah, Museum. it was really cool. GD. I mean, he, he just played the hits. It was for. July the 4th. Oh, yeah. So Played his July 4th hits. Big Sunoco uh, July 4th festival. Sunoco Welcome America. <laughs> yeah. Do Peter you Frampton, feel? Humble Pie. Big solo career. Come on. Stop right now. I, I'm stopped and listening. Mon frere. Mon frere. What's, uh, what's, on the next, what's the next book we have? Is it City... We'll have to the, talk there, but the TMNT. Let me get the, the Google Drive. I think it is TMNT. City Fall, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, <sighs> yeah. parts one and two. First turtle book we've ever done in history. Never been done before. Not even in a round table. I can't back that up, but I'm going to say it. You might be. I think right. Mark loved Mark it. Mark did love it. Yeah, that was an old. That was a different life, though. God bless. God saw bless Mark. Him. Saw Mark yesterday. For I was uh, asking. Yeah. Saw a vision. <laughs> GD he saw an app- we played pool with an apparition of Mark Farrington <laughs> yesterday. Mopped the floor with him. He still got even even as a ghost. He saw his huge feet. <laughs> huge. <laughs>
he uh, strangely enough he there's no heat on in that in that man den that we played in barefoot he'd rather put on a hoodie <laughs> than put on socks and shoes i didn't understand it a lick never seen that happen before cold concrete floor down there come on it under was, that carpet very strange <laughs> he turned off he, he keeps the heat off because quote he has to pay for heat it <laughs> keeps it off he's not I used to he paying he's not used to this kind of like trade system that has been that just launched <laughs> right. in the united states money for goods and services yeah, he doesn't understand that I he was showing off the things in his little basement pool room. You know, he had like Batman Beyond posters. I asked him each one. I was like, "Did you get this for free? Did you get this for <laughs> yeah, free?" Probably everyone signed. We all have a story about getting something marked for free, and then him being like, "No, thanks." <laughs> Whatever. I'm gonna go get this signed by Shane Davis and hang it on my man wall when I get a house. I don't pay for heat. Yeah, that's what he did. Hey man, can I borrow ten bucks to buy this flash figure? <laughs> oh, they didn't have it. I'm not going to give your money back, but right. yeah, I will borrow it. He did have um, some Mark Wade Flash books framed. It was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Oh, yeah, it was nice. That, uh, that's his deal. He, he's Wally got that West, huge that's, Alex Ross uh, JSA. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amazing. God, God love him. God love him to death. All right, pay Mark. Oh, God, what a show. Does anyone have anything else that they want to talk about that they read? I mean, Jonesy's running out the clock right now. I read. Um, uh, I read. A, I read a letter forty-four. That was uh, pretty great. Dale, are you uh, up to snuff on that? No, I haven't read it yet. Actually, he's never even actually heard of that book. No, I see. Yeah. I did. Uh, you can see here. It's I, a uh, weekly book. She Hulk. Tell you that, but I haven't got to read it yet. That is not weekly. Did you say letter forty-four? Forty-four is weekly. Might as well be. It feels like it comes at every, once every two months. I, I could go back and listen to the last. What, what episode? What uh, issue are we up to? Five. So yeah, I can guarantee the last ten episodes of Paper Keg featured letter letter forty four. That's not. So that's capacity. false. That's false. How great does my hair look right now? Can you see these curls? Yeah, it's uh, it's coming back. I'm you know speaking of teenagers in high school. Yeah. That's your high school. My hair Justin right Timberlake there, right? hair. Well, when I was in grade school, I used to shave the sides and just leave the top. <laughs> Curly, I did that before JT. Let it be known. Actually, I think JT got it for you. Like you were at a mall, yeah. and they were doing a Backstreet we Boys were at the, mall tour. We were at the Mall of America. It was mm-hmm. the same night that Lex Luger debuted on Monday Nitro. I was at that Mall of America episode, first Nitro ever, and JT brushed by me. He's like that kid, that Polish kid. I'm sticking a twenty piece nug in my mouth. Best nugs you can get. Mall of America, known fact. <laughs> I'm glad we all remember it together. <laughs> class representative. I was class representative in the eighth grade. Are you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's like you're in the cabinet of the student government. You know, signing deals, you know, debating. Nobody. Oh, what, <laughs> what were you in in the uh, class of 1953, Dale? <laughs> God. President of the 4-H Club. President of the uh, men only school. <laughs> women. The Sadie Hawkins Day dance where we would go and ask the uh, women's school down the road. I thought Sadie Hawkins was the women asking the men. I don't. Okay, I can't remember. It's been so long. 